What's up, everybody? This is Sydney, and you're listening to Friendly Fire. Welcome back to Friendly Fire. Y'all know me. I'm your host, Sean, and my co-host, Sydney. What up? What up? It has been about five months since we've been able to do this. Yeah. Um, uh, it's funny because we normally do these videos like this, um, not in person, and that's the way the entire world of sports media is being covered. Um, some people back in studio, but for the most part, this is this is the new normal. Yeah, we was ahead of the game on it, bro. Hmm? I said we was ahead of the game on it. Everybody following us now. <laughs> Um, but as we get closer to uh, NBA playoffs starting tomorrow, uh, NFL starting in less than a month, we missed a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, what did you want to start with? I was about to say, what's crazy is there's a lot. It, it feels like there's a lot that we actually missed and, you know, didn't get a chance to talk about. But at the same time, I feel like it hasn't been that much stuff. Because outside of what the pandemic has forced the actual sports leagues to adjust to transaction-wise or game-wise, like you said, things are really just starting to pick back up what we're yeah. interested in anyway because basketball was seeding games and we were just really waiting for the playoffs. We don't do much baseball or hockey. Um, and then, like you said, the NFL don't pick up until a few in a few weeks. Um, but there has been some stuff NFL-wise that has happened since I think, like I said, I think our last show was the second week of free agency. That after yeah. the second week of free agency, I think we got on here and talked. Um, damn. So now that I think about it, that was before the draft, which didn't too much happen besides people getting drafted that we'll get to eventually. But mm -hmm. um. The biggest things are to me have been the some of the players that decided to opt out due to the pandemic. Um, Cam Newton finally finding a home in New England, and then the Jamal Adams being traded to um, Seattle. Yeah. So where do you want to start with that one? With either of those? Well, Jamal Adams is the most significant uh, he's going to be in Seattle for the foreseeable future and, and honestly make more of an impact. Um, maybe not more of an impact if Cam can get back to MVP form, which I'm not sure is going to happen. And if it does, maybe not in New England. Um, so I guess we can start with Jamal Adams. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, that was – it was a huge trade, but it was also uh, more so than the other big trades that have gone down in recent memory. It was it was more interesting um, just because this is one of the few ones where you can actually sit back and, and try to figure – and it'd be hard to figure out who won or who lost the trade, which yeah. is always hard to um, really put – 
you know, any sense into when it has to do with draft picks and you don't know what those draft picks are going to turn into. But the fact, to me, the fact that um, the Jets were able to get a starting safety back on top of the draft picks that they ended up getting made it, I, I, I think it's a win for everybody. Um, because Jamal Adams wanted out and he got out. Uh, the Jets were able to actually get something from, for him, which is sometimes hard to do when everyone knows that a player wants out. But then, of course, Seattle got better in a secondary. And with um, what they gave up, two first-rounders mm-hmm. that are going to be mid-20 pick. So you've already surpassed most likely whatever talent you were going to be taking with those first-round picks in general. Yeah. So for me, it's the rare everybody won. Yeah, you could say that Seattle gave up a lot, but I, I'm I'm always willing to give up future assets, especially like we say that late in the first round or late round picks for something that you know is a guaranteed thing. Like we know Jamal Adams, we know his talent, we know what he's going to go out there and produce. So. That's always uh, – you can have these draft picks, in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, we always talk about these top-tier organizations whenever teams have a player that's disgruntled. Um, it always seems to be the same teams that, that come and uh, get these superstar players. Seattle's the uh, – you know, the Eagles got, got slain from us, but – you know, the Patriots a lot of times. It's, it's always those well-run organizations. And because I, I remember when he first got traded, the first thing I thought was, how is it always Seattle or New England or, you know, teams like that yeah. that end up getting these players? Um, so, you know, Seattle already had a, a pretty good defense, um, and this just makes them better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and once again, it puts – the Jets, who have been in a significant rebuild, what, two seasons now? Since they drafted Sam Darnold, it gives them more capital to go and continue to build on their roster. Yeah. And then for Seattle, usually by the time you get to the point where you realize they don't have any draft picks, um, people trade up anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they'll find a way to fill the holes that they need just because they're such a well-run team. Exactly. Um, what did you think about Cam Newton landing in New England? Um, New England was an obvious landing spot. I'm sure we talked about this in one of our later, uh, our most recent, well, one of those shows before we stopped. Um, and I think we both knew that that was a possible landing spot. Honestly, the longer that it went on, though, the longer and the more time that passed, I felt like they were just going to roll with what they had, um, which to me would have made sense uh, if they were saying, look, let's just let's play this season, get whatever we can get out of it. We'll find our quarterback next year. Um, But. Cam Newton has a lot to prove going into the season, and so does Bill Belichick. Like, Bill Belichick, just like Tom Brady, are in a position now to where they're showing we can win without the other. And 
the AFC East isn't that strong of a division. No. Um, and honestly, once they picked up Cam Newton, I looked at them as maybe not being a clear-cut favorite, but being right there with the Bills in their division. Um, now, not so much because of all the opt-outs that they had due to COVID, but I felt like that adding Cam Newton made them AFC East favorites again before, you know, all of that happened. Yeah, it's it's going to be so weird to figure out how they move forward with all the people that they ended up losing uh, with the opt-outs. But it they, they've been so up and down because it was like, oh, they're going to be a bad team from when they lost Brady, then they got Cam Newton, and everybody thought they would be right back in, and then now it's all the opt-outs. And yeah. So we don't know what they're going to be. It seems like a lot of stuff to figure out with them, but – this season is going to be so weird just because there's no fans. I'm very interested in seeing how the teams that kind of lean on that, not so much lean on it, but that that plays such a role, like the Saints, like, you know, any other teams. That, that it can be an advantage for, yeah. Exactly. And when, you, when, it, when it's just let's line up and play, let's, you know, who, who's got the better team. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's going to be interesting to see if uh, the NFL is able to include something like the NBA doing with the virtual fans or yeah. – and even though it won't be nearly – like the the NBA can kind of get away with it because it's way less fans than what would be in the NFL stadium. Um, the, the NBA in general – I mean, interrupt you. The NBA in general is just – it's so much easier to execute what they're trying to do just because it's a it's a sport that seems tailored for this type of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And they and they're doing an amazing job at it too. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah. And then the last thing was which we just talked about a little bit was the opt-outs. Um the NFL gave players the option to opt out mm -hmm. uh for the next season and to not count against their contract and it assures them uh, a small amount of their salary as well. Um, and we were able, as NFL fans, we were able to look at that and, and be grateful that there were no major names within any of that. Um, like we said, there were no great skill position players or quarterbacks that ended up opting out. To me, it was strange or interesting, at least, to see that a lot of the players that did opt out were linemen. And I kind of really – I don't know if that was coincidence or is it I, – I, like, I, I really don't know. But it was strange to me to see so many defensive linemen, defensive yeah. tackles, be the ones that opt out. But um, – For me, go ahead. Uh, I, I never really put too much into anybody opting out just because, for one – um, eventually we're going to get out of this. And, and if they end up sitting out of the season, to me it's no different from them getting hurt um, and, and not being able to play the season. But also just because we as fans have to really think about how entitled we are. Just I don't even need you to have a reason to not want to play. If you don't want to play, mm -hmm. play. You know what I'm saying? You don't owe me anything. So like, it, it don't even have to be coronavirus. If you just don't want to play, then don't play. I'm, I'm not going to hold it against you. 
And me and you talked about that when Drew Davis White said that mm-hmm. we were talking about he hadn't made a decision yet, and you got fans jumping down his throat like, for what? Yeah. That's a grown ass man. If he wants to stay home for whatever reason, that's on him. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, Dante Hightower was probably the biggest name to opt out. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't do the Patriots any favors that I think. They had to have gone away the most players opt out. They've gotten by far the most players. Uh, already being the team that was already weakened from last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, um, like I say, Eddie Goldman from Chicago. That's a big one. Um, they sold it for the Giants. Yeah, and they sold it for the Giants. Uh, Andre Smith for the Ravens. And then uh, Damian Williams for the Chiefs. Yeah, it was another big one, but like I say, as fans, we were able to really pass that deadline without any, you know, anybody really blowing us away, being like, "Man, we're gonna miss that guy next season." And I will say this though, just while we're on the subject, uh, I don't have a ton of confidence that that the NFL season is gonna actually get through all seventeen weeks. Yeah, um, I've. Uh, we talked about it before. I have zero confidence that college football was going to happen. I I told you that when I, when this first started, that college football wasn't happening. I already knew that. Um, just and because that's, that's interesting to see too. How what three conferences at this point are really fighting yeah. to actually play? No, yeah. uh, this fall is it's not worth it. It ain't gonna happen. Like, so uh, yeah. I mean, unless unless we have a miracle in the next couple months, um, I do honestly think that the NFL will be able to to make it through. Um, they're not doing a bubble, of course. That that'll be. I mean, it's possible, but that'll probably be pretty hard for them to do. Um, but they are able to. They've already had time to see the mistakes that baseball made early on. And I think – and baseball is still – like, I thought after that first Miami Marlins breakout, I thought that was it. I was like, oh, baseball is over with. And they're, they're, they had another team get affected on the other coast, and they're still able to roll. So, I think I think the NFL will be able to get through their season without having to have any teams miss games or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I – uh, now on to what's actually already taking place, which is the NBA. The mm-hmm. NBA started their bubble, what, two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And they've already gotten through all their seeding games. And the playoffs start tomorrow. Which the, the, the craziest thing about the NBA bubble is the game times the, that they have to play throughout the day instead of it just being, you know, night games, 5 p.m. or later. We got games starting at 12.30. And and the sooner we get through the first 16 teams, as soon as we can cut it down to eight, yeah, um, then then it'll be a little bit better. Um, so let's start with Let's start with what you thought about the race for the eighth seed in the West. Uh, Memphis coming in with the eighth seed and what, 
they started off 0-5 in a bubble? I think that Memphis, I don't want to say got screwed, but uh, had the season played out in the time that it was supposed to play out in all of the games, um, I think they might have been able to hold on because um, they would have only had to fight off really New Orleans New because Nurkis, yeah, Nurkis was still hurt. Um, because the Blazers are obviously not an eight seed team, mm-hmm. um, but you know that that schedule was supposed to get a lot harder toward the end of the year, um, and so we we just don't know what would have happened. Um, but but to have it all come down to one game, a team that was healthier and better, um, it didn't surprise me that the Blazers, obviously, of uh, honestly, of all the teams that were on the outside in both conferences, uh, the Blazers were by far the best team. They just had to get the job done, and they and they did. Yeah. Um, Phoenix definitely shocked me. I didn't see them coming in, and which is I hear, I heard a lot of people saying this before the season started back up, and I didn't pay no too much attention to it until the season actually picked back up, but with, so, with how much time that teams had off that would have been the regular development time for a lot of players mm-hmm. so the players that would have came back next season and you like man I could see the jump from the previous season we were able to see that because of the break already so players like uh Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and um TJ Warren and players like that who were able to make a jump just because of those months that they had off. But I definitely mm-hmm. didn't see Phoenix coming in and making the noise that they made. And they come in the last couple nights before they – or well, the last night before they ended up being eliminated. I, well, I was talking to somebody the other day about Phoenix in general, and I just – they have a good roster. Like, I don't I don't know they why they're not – good roster. Right. You know, they, they got to – they should be better. Um, I don't know, eight no better, but they should be a, a better team mm-hmm. than they have been the last couple of years. And I think we'll see them make take a step forward next season. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Portland, just looking at the roster from top to bottom, Portland was the best team out of those who were trying to make the playoffs there at the still go home in five games. <laughs> All right, so let's start. Let's start there. Lakers, Portland. Who you got? I mean, I, the Lakers. Why are you laughing? Because uh, you just because you already said Lakers in five. Um, <laughs> I actually, I mean, I'm taking the Lakers. Let's not give any of that off. No, I got, I got the Lakers in six. Um. Avery Bradley opting out and then Rajon Rondo getting hurt really hurt what was already a pretty weak backcourt, if we've been honest. Mm. Um, Portland has, what, the best backcourt in the playoffs? Unless you want to go Westbrook-Harden. They have the best backcourt remaining in the playoffs, and they're going to give the Lakers trouble. Dame is going to be able to do whatever he wants to do. It just depends on what he gets from 
his role players, the rest of his team. And I think he can lead them to at least two games. I think there is something to be said, though, about, first of all, them having nobody to guard LeBron, but yeah. also uh, the amount of exertion that it took and energy just to get to this point um, to be in the playoffs. I think that that matters. You know, the Lakers haven't played with any um, with anything at stake for the last week and a half. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they, it was. It took them to the second game of the bubble to be done and be the number one seed. Yeah. So they haven't played a game of significance in a week and a half. Important so like, for their lives for the past week. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that matters. Which was which was huge that they were able to go ahead and beat Memphis yesterday, too, because if they had to play those back-to-back games, they would have had to play last night and today. Which I, I saw that on the I, – I don't mean to get sidetracked. I saw that on the schedule. Why was it like that? I don't understand why – I didn't understand that. Well, there was – so going into it, they were saying, okay – Whoever has the AC, there will be a playoff. There will be a play-in game with the ninth. But because you're the eighth seed, you had the advantage. I only got to win one game. But if you're the ninth seed, you had to win two. You had to be the Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Because Portland had flipped. Okay, all right. Um, All right, so let's go Houston, Oklahoma City. Now, now this one, that is interesting only because Westbrook got hurt. If Westbrook wasn't hurt, I would. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he out for, like, the first little while of the playoffs. They haven't put an exact date on it, but I know he's not going to play tomorrow. Damn. Yeah, I absolutely did not know that. Yeah, he out for a while. Um, But, yeah, so – before he got hurt, I would have took them in six, um, but I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure that Oklahoma City has enough to beat them. But I, I whichever team I feel like is gonna go seven, um, just because the Westbrook injury changes them so much. Because the whole point of them playing like they play is, is having Westbrook. But if they're not gonna be able to do that, or if they're gonna have somebody lesser than Westbrook trying to do what he does, um, I don't think that's going to work. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I think I'm leaning Oklahoma City now. Um, so that's what you're going with, OKC? I'm docking. OKC in seven. I was going OKC either way. Um, I didn't know he was hurt, so I was going to say OKC in seven. Um... But if Westbrook not playing for any amount of time, then that shortens that up for me. OKC is a really – they play great team defense, and they have a big man, which, you know, um, it's only – as we've seen over the past few years, there's only so much James Harden can do. And in these past few years, this is where he shrinks. Yeah. Come postseason. So I have – when they first traded off Clint Capella, I was saying how I had no faith in them at all. Uh, in general, once they decided that, look, we really going to commit to the small ball thing, it's been working for them, but 
I just don't see it to I don't I don't see it being anything that's going to be beneficial to them in the playoffs. Now, before we move to the next the next matchup in the West, because I, I also feel like this is a lot of times where things get very confused. People will say, or like, look, I'm not even going to get deep into all of that stuff, but one of these teams is going to go home in the first round, and because Houston has a, a two-time MVP on the – or did he only win one? It doesn't matter. But the, so because they got James Harden, you look at it and you go, oh, you get to say stuff like, oh, this is what Harden shrinks, or oh, he came up short, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But it's not like they lose into a team that they absolutely should beat. This is a exactly. tough matchup for them had they been playing against a Utah or any other team that they could have been matched up against just because it's the 4-5 matchup. Whichever one of these teams go home first, you get to say, oh, well, Chris Paul choked again. Oh, James Harden choked yeah. again. Like, I, you know, that's stupid to me. But also, um, I forgot what else I was going to say. But, oh, no, no, oh, the, the Houston thing, they got such a wide gap, bro, because it was it's either going to work perfectly or it's going to go horribly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and Westbrook being hurt, to me, obviously pushes them more toward it going horribly. But I mean, they they doing something that's so unique um, that everybody just is pushing up against it. Like this is stupid. This is stupid. But we ain't gonna ever get to see it fully work with Westbrook being hurt. Yeah, and that shit gonna end this year because quite sure they not gonna take too many more of these playoff losses. Uh, yeah. Paying them all the money that they paying them. Um, so next we got Utah. We got Denver, Utah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Nuggets. I mean, who cares, really? <laughs> Your least interested match. Yeah. You don't care who win that one. I got Denver in five. Uh, I'll give Utah a game, but Denver is the better team from top yeah. to bottom, in my opinion. Um, and then Clippers, Dallas, which is a yeah. very interesting one for me. Uh, I got the Clippers in six, just because I got so much respect for Luca, uh, Pazingas. They feel like so much better than a seven seed to me. Yeah. Um, but the Clippers, I, I just, I, they are going to make everything so hard for for Dallas, even though they have good players. Um, I feel like they're going to be able to stop more consistently than Dallas will, and that would be the difference. And the fact that once you get past Luka and Przingis, everybody else is kind of hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no real consistency there between, oh, Trey Burke or – uh, Finney or Seth Curry or any of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you say, oh, we sticking Paul George on Luca, we putting Kawhi on Luca, and then we letting Montrez Harrell and Zubak handle Przingis, then who's next? Who else do we have coming, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's I – got, I got the Clippers in six as well. I think – I definitely think Luca is good enough to go out there and get – Two games. Yeah. 
Milwaukee in your squad, bruh. What is this? The fourth fourth year in a row? What is this? How many times y'all gonna play them first round? And it and it's crazy because you know, I talked about before the as the season was going, I was saying it didn't really matter because they're not as good as those first those top four seeds. It's usually the case in the East. Yeah. But if you can get out of that eight spot, you might can get a game or two on somebody, but you're not getting a game against Giannis. And Jonathan Isaac, who was starting to play good, was itching to get back on the court because he was already hurt before the season had ended. Um, And then for him to blow out his knee really sucks. Um, Not only for this little run, but further in his career. um, Because he's such a dynamic, like he's so good on defense. And the rest of the roster, Fultz is starting to play a lot better. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The the Bucks, the Bucks winning in four. Yeah, I got I got the Bucks losing too. Um, Pacers Heat. Ew. Now you said that that you uh, that you said the the Utah Denver series is not. I I have zero interest in this. Actually, I have a little interest only because TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah. that, that's got my attention, but uh, I'll go with the Heat and Six. Um, I'm going to go the same way, and I'm going to tell you what. If if Victor Oladipo didn't look as not back as he has, he he seems not sluggish, but he he's not all the way – I don't know if it's his confidence or he really still, you know – feeling anything from his injuries, but he not back yet. He not all the way back yet. So, uh, and I think Sabonis is still hurt at this point, too. Yeah. Um, So, if those two things weren't true, then I would be taking the Pacers, but I'm going to take the Heat in six. They, what are they, the best three-point shooting team in the league, I think, at this point? They top three. Um, They going to get their threes up, and they going to make more than Indiana going to make. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go with the Heat and Six as well. Yeah. Uh, Boston and Philly. This should be easy for you now. You come on. And it's great. Huh? I said it should be easy for you to come on over to my side on that one now. Be- and and only because them is hurt. And and I really feel like whenever the shit before the shit started to start it up again, yeah. I was like. I was like, yeah, I, that's perfect for them. They need to stay right there with Boston because they're gonna beat Boston. But I mean, now with him, with him hurt, and then the rest of the roster falling apart. Uh, I guess give me the Celtics in six, five. I I'll go six just because you gonna get two good games from Embiid. And I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna go Boston in five. Um, they picked up where they left off when they got back into the bubble. They ain't missing no beats. Like I say, they, to me, they're the better coach team. Uh, with Ben Simmons not being on the floor, they have the better, they have the better core with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kimball. I'd be forgetting Kimball Walker even there. Kimball Walker, um, yeah, I, th- I don't. Is he gonna be Kimba? Cause I don't care who he is. They got Jason Tatum. I told you how I am, how I am about Jason Tatum, 
And now what you gonna tell me? Who gonna who gonna go at Jason Tatum now? Nobody. Exactly. So yeah, I'm rolling with Boston at five. And then Toronto, Brooklyn. Yeah, that's another sweep. That's a Brooklyn is another example of what we were talking about with the time off and you seeing players actually develop with um Levert getting was back. Was, yeah. I mean, he, he, started, he, he was playing good, the season, but he got hurt. Yeah. And then Dinwiddie. Is yeah. Another, uh, Dinwiddie was another one, though, that was before Kyrie got there. was yeah, already. Exactly. Um, so Brooklyn is going to be an interesting team, which once they made the signings they made last offseason, you were like, okay, whenever they get healthy, they're going to be towards the top of the East. But if you're able to have players, your younger players actually be playing on, honestly, if they played a full season, what could have been an all-star level with LeVert, mm-hmm. Dinwiddie, Jerry Allen, and then you add Kyrie, KD, uh, DeMarcus, um, DeAndre Jordan. What is that? Yeah, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Wilson Chandler. You add those players back to the team, they – Definitely going to be on top of the East next year. I, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm excited to see what that look like, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I also want to see who's going to coach them, too. Because the coach, the the interim coach that they have has done a hell of a job to this point. Uh, so do you keep them or do you, like I saw, they talking about Van Gundy, Jeff Van Gundy, um, Ty Lue. Um, there was one other coach too. I can't remember though. So what? Toronto and six, seven, five, four. Toronto sweeping. Yeah, I said that's another sweep. Right, I got Toronto and five. And what is your finals matchup? I can't remember what it was. If the same as what it was at the beginning of the year. Lakers Bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, mine's gonna be the same too. Lakers Boston. I'm still roll with Boston. I love Jason Tatum. I do. I've never liked and it's the, making I've me never liked the I've never liked the Celtics, <laughs> period. So for me for me to love yeah. be in love with that dude, dog, that's and once again, it's not just about him. They have a good team, in my opinion. From they do, I, I, I think top they, they, have a, they top um, eight that's going to be playing in the playoffs. Or that's that's as solid as it gets at this point. See, and and I, I think they have a lot of good players. They yeah. they have a, a team. They're a very good coach team with a lot of good players. Yeah. Like that that's that's how I think about them. And I I think the rush to make Tatum a superstar is turning me off of him. Like I I, I just he he yeah, all right, yeah, all right. Like it, it, like I feel like he's a he's an all-star and y'all trying to make him a superstar and I just don't see that from him. I mean, not right now. I don't think he's a superstar. I, I mean, but that's how people talk about him. Oh, that's, that's how people talk about Ben Simmons. That nigga ain't no superstar either. But okay. Um. So yeah, but but 
I I mean I wouldn't be shocked. I look up in the Bucks in the in the finals at all. You know. Yeah. That that wouldn't. I, but if it's anybody outside of those two teams, then yeah, I'd be shocked. I think I think after watching the last couple games of Toronto, I'm actually in the East. I feel more like it's it's Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston. That like that's the pecking order for teams that I feel like have the best shot. Yeah. Um and Toronto is definitely up there. Um once again, that's another I guess it's just like how you see Boston. Like that's a really good coach team with a lot of good players on mm-hmm. it. There is nobody that's gonna there is no Kawhi no more. There is, you know, however you think yeah. about Kyle Lowry, you know, there is no DeRozan no more. There is no and- and when I think about Milwaukee, I mean, when I think about Toronto, I'm more, I don't even, you said, I don't know how you feel about Kyle Lowry. I don't even think about him when I'm thinking about that. I'm, th- I'm thinking about Siakam, Van Fleet, Ananobi, like the yeah. uh, Gasol. Kyle Lowry is, all right, he going to give you good defense and whatever. But I'm thinking about the way Van Fleet playing for them. Like that, that's their whole team. And the way their coach is like, bro, okay. this team, they got that confidence now from winning the whole thing. But and but to me, it's if you don't get nothing from Lowry, you're not winning. Like I feel like I don't feel like Siakam can go out there and have the best performance on the team, and that's what's leading them to four wins out of seven. Yeah. I feel like Lowry has to be well, depending on who they playing, of course, but to play somebody like Boston or Milwaukee, I feel like Laurie has to be your best player. Well, in the second round, I feel that's going to be the matchup, Toronto and Boston. And I, and I just I, – I'm going to go with Toronto in that, obviously, pending injury yeah. um, and whatever circumstances. Like, I just feel like they're the better team just because I don't feel about Tatum like how everybody else does. And that, to me, is the only thing because, like, smart and – Brown, like they they good players, but they just don't make it feel like they got a squad to me. <laughs> but Laurie and Fan Fleet does. Seattle I mean, does. Like they won a title. Like what Kawhi won a title oh against our hurt Golden State Warriors team. Let's let's not let's let's not forget that Clay tore his knee to pieces. Yeah. and KD did the same last year. No, no, all, all championships aren't created equal. I I agree, and that's why if Kawhi win this one, everybody trying to make him basketball Jesus, and I'm just like, what? Like that nigga ain't. All right. Anyway, that's it. Um. Yeah, I mean, playoffs start tomorrow. Um, and ain't like anything going on NFL-wise. We can't even see training camp this year, which is weird. But the fact that we got playoffs to distract, NBA playoffs to distract us from that is is perfect. Um, so, yeah, we'll try to get back to this next week after the first week of playoff games. What's up, everybody? 
Check out Friendly Fire every Thursday as we discuss the latest and most intriguing topics in sports. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at Friendly Fire 08.